0: Hi, my name is Tova Jacobson. Welcome to the SenseMakers Project. Join us as we interview amazing people living extraordinary lives throughout the world. Let them inspire us to follow our dreams to create the lives we want. SenseMakers Project is a donation-based project. Please make sure to like, subscribe, and donate today. or that way, not um, We can hear you. Whatever you did, your voice is funny now.
1: Really? I'm, is it funny now? <laughs> <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, that's better. All right.
0: It's still funny, but now I can hear you. All
1: right. We'll, <laughs> we'll go with that. Well, tonight we have Tova Jacobson. I met Tova a long time ago in a place far, far away. It was a while before sunrise and we were in the middle of a field in Northwest Georgia. She suddenly appeared out of the darkness, dressed as Wonder Woman. I was sinking into a zero gravity chair moments away from falling asleep. I did have the keys to a curious vehicle, and she requested a ride. Now wide awake, I agreed. Suffice it to say, I'm still on that ride, and my life has never been the same. Tova has the sometimes unsettling habit of asking for what she wants. Always framed as a compelling request. Stated with enough conviction, her requests leave little room for anything but acceptance. I gotta say, one of the lessons I've learned in my friendship with Tova is to be able to say no. That was big. More usually, I say yes. I trust her implicitly. And I'm clear, yes, will lead to amazing adventure. Toba is driven to explore and to generate adventure. It may be in the domain of exploring the human heart and soul or investigating new lands and experiences. Her curiosity and drive to connect, to make sense of our world and the humans in it has culminated in this project, which she calls... This sense Sensemakers. This evening we are honored to get an intimate glimpse into the inner workings of Tova Jacobson. Tova, good evening, darling.
0: Good evening, Helm. What a sweet and beautiful intro. I love you.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I love you as well, darling. Well, let's rock and roll, shall we?
0: We shall. Let's do it.
1: I think to start a good place to begin would be for you to talk about your childhood, your upbringing, and your parents. Like, where the hell did you come from?
0: Well, I think if you were to ask my parents that, they probably would also say they have no idea (laughs) where I came from. I think it's a, a continual surprise every day what I'm going to do next and where I'm going to be and what I'm going to do. I've been very, very lucky in my life to have the parents I have. Um, They've always been amazingly supportive and encouraging for me to discover who I am. Um, I grew up with a mother who told me I could be anything I wanted to be. I could do anything I wanted to do. If I wanted to be an astronaut, I could do that. And so I've been very lucky in this world with both my parents, I've never felt alone, I've never felt abandoned. If I have, it's on my own belief, you know? It's, we get into these belief systems of how we think the world is or what we think people mean. But the truth of the matter is, they've always wanted the best for me, even from the time, you know, they left South Africa when I was two. And they left all their family, a whole life they knew, and they brought us across the world to this weird foreign land. And back in those days, there wasn't WhatsApp. There wasn't Zoom. We would call, and my parents would be like, "Okay, quick, talk to the family. It's like a dollar fifty a minute. Come on, come on, come on." Or we'd send these like uh, airmail letters. I used to love doing that, and it'd take like two, three weeks to get there, two to three weeks to come back. And you know, my family has always put focus on family and never giving up on people, and being your best self, and never giving up, and always doing your best. And most especially, they really forced me to talk through things and not to be afraid of my fears or my feelings or emotions. Uh, A rule in our house is never to go to sleep angry, (laughs) which as a teenager, because it wasn't always cherry blossoms and roses, uh, meant lots of sleepless, fightful, horrible, intense nights, but... Eventually led us back full circle to this point where, um, as most of you know, <laughs> I'm a squatter in their backyard. Um, I live in a yurt right now. My whole life has changed with this COVID situation. Uh, whereas I had a beautiful, amazing job, whereas a baller and living this life and taking people overseas. My life right now, uh, there's basically no work and. I had no idea what I was doing and I wanted, it started with like wanting a tree house and jokingly, my father said, pitch a tent in the backyard. <laughs> Little did he know there's going to be a for real tent back there. And um, this is a perfect time to give a shout out. And thanks to Helm, who it's a big joke that when I want to see Helm, I like cut something. So he'll come back. He's helped me with this amazing structure outside. I feel like, I don't know, I'm in the Himalayas or something. It's bamboo and tarps and prayer flags. So um, to bring it back around, it was a foundation of love that I grew up on. every night I was cuddled to sleep and would just, one parent or the other would read me books and fall asleep in my bed. So I really think that has been very formative in creating the person I am, and the love I feel for other people. It's way harder on this side than asking the questions.
1: (laughs) It's an interesting thing. Get with it, right? People want to hear. Okay,
0: I'm ready, I'm ready.
1: Inquiring minds want to know. Well, six words or less to to sum your experience of your parents up in six words or less.
0: Um, well, there's, it's kind of two separate things, because my parents are such unique people, even though they're one thing, they are my parents, but they're similar and different. So, as a whole, I would just say, in six words or less, that I would describe them as Supportive, kind, loving, intelligent, people who always believed in me. (laughs) (laughs) For seven weeks, we've had three full days, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, of classes from basically 10.30 to 9 p.m., and then again on Sunday, and my mother has come to every single one of those classes and the other day this is gonna make me cry yeah totally peaches everybody for Denise little hearts she the other day told me that she was my loyal warrior and I would say that that would describe both my parents for for as long as I've ever been alive that they are my loyal warriors and support me fully and accept me which is huge because it's hard. Life is hard. And, you know, only these last five, six years, believe it or not, I felt like I've had community. I've always felt like very alone in this plane and in this world. And I've never really been that way because I've always had my parents beside me. They've always been, they've always gotten my back. So,
1: My parents are my loyal lawyers. My well, parents are my loyal warriors.
0: There you go. Six. That's just to summarize. <laughs> yeah.
1: That is a beautiful thing. Thank you. We should thank them, I suppose, too, shouldn't we? No, I'm
0: here, they're D at the bot. They're at the bottom. Everyone's for mom and dad.
1: Now, if your nine-year-old self was prancing around the room right now, what would you say to your nine-year-old self?
0: I would say a couple things that. Um, your life is going to be more amazing than you ever could have possibly dreamed that your life would be. Um, hold on to your innocence and your childhood as long as you can. And one day after your 9 year olds horrible sleepover, years and years and years later, when you turn, what was it? 38, 39, you're going to have the best sleepover ever at Jenny's Springs. <laughs> When I was nine, um, I had switched schools. We re- redistricted. And believe it or not, I was so shy. I had a very hard time speaking up. I sat in the back of the class where there was a teacher who would yell at me and tell me to talk louder. And it was horrible. And so I got quieter and quieter. Anyway, I had a small group of friends, and I invited them for my first ever sleepover I was like so excited so all these girls come over and I'm like so excited and I got uh, Homeward Bound the movie <laughs> and we were gonna watch Homeward Bound and it was gonna be super amazing but instead, what happened was all those girls wanted to follow my brother around and flirt with my brother, and they wouldn't watch Homer Bound, and I was, like, so upset. I was so not into boys until I was like, much older, so I was just, like, so upset by this situation. And we had, like, my mom was always very open about educating us about, like, what was sex, because it's important to know, it's like this little book, it's like, this is where puppies come from this is where kittens come from. This is how babies are made. Yeah, actually, um, with sense makers, it had a few titles until it got to the sense makers. The original name was going to be either a letter to my nine year old self, because I think there's so many things we could tell our child self, you know, like, like I, did, I could have gone back to that nine-year-old child and given them a hug and been like, you're good, you're fine. This is going to create personality. And all these things that happened at nine that all of a sudden we kind of become cognizant that it's not just butterflies and berries and rainbows, that there's actual other things that we start realizing. Like, people are kind of shitty. You know, they don't really always have your best interest in mind and then to remind that child that there are a lot of people who will who will really care about you I think pretty much everybody on here I could call and they would show up for me and that means a lot to me so I would also tell my nine-year-old self that that one day you're going to have so many friends that really care and it's going to be even better than you thought.
1: (laughs) Anything additional you would say about your definition of a friend now, like what a friend looks like, somebody who cares and...
0: Um, I think there's a large spectrum for that word. Um, I think it's the same as the word love. Love is so many things just as the word friend is to me. Mm -hmm. So... I'm lucky to have a very wide range of friends. Uh, it's so funny. I have to say her name. She, I don't think she'll mind. But my friend Connie. Look, oh my God! Sorry, I just got distracted. There's two pages of people on here. Holy moly! So <laughs> that's what's up. But Connie, one day we were hiking, and she took me aside, and she was like, "Tova, like I noticed you have like three thousand friends on your Facebook." Am I just one of 3,000? And I was like, absolutely not, Connie. Like, there's someone who is one of 3,000, and there's some people who are this upper echelon, this upper tier of people. So I think they all deserve mention and gratitude for, for sure. Because, you know, if I go to a party, I love talking to everybody in the room. But I most especially love the people, and this is, I think, my response, how I especially am grateful for the friends who love and accept me unconditionally and see me in all my varied ways because a lot of people are like, oh, that Tova. She's like such a fun person, she's always happy, there's like nothing in her life that ever goes wrong, you know, and that breeds sometimes a resentment, because they don't know me. They don't know the story of my life, or what I've been through, or who I am. So they're in a separate group of the friends who are just love, love me, love me for me, and accept me for me with all my idiosyncrasies.
1: we can relate your 17 18 year old self bumped into her in the hallway somewhere and she was looking wide-eyed and a little harassed by life in general I assume at that age I certainly was what would you say to her
0: Whew. well I guess since this is sense makers and we're getting real we might as well get real so some of you know this story some of you don't um but um, that time in my life was really, really, really hard for me. Um, when I was 13, my brother was struck by lightning right outside my house. And i just like to give a shout-out to Denise Rinsberg, who I see there. There she is waving. It was one of the most horrible moments of my life, and Denise, um, she held me. I'll never forget that moment of being held um, well, you think your brother's dying, you know? That was 13, so we'll skip ahead to 17. But that time between 13 and 17, especially to 19, I was in a really bad place. You know, it's that feeling of, I wish it would have been me. I wish I would have died. Um I felt alone. Um, Nobody really in my group of friends could possibly understand. Not many people had gone through a real tragedy. It was a very, very lonely, confusing time in my life. The teachers were me. No kidding. I would tell my 17 to 23-year-old self, um, hardship is a part of life. Don't give up. You're going to get through it no matter what. Really, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. And you can keep trying to find the beauty that comes from tragedy. And also to those teachers, I'd say, look at me now, bitches. Look at me now.
1: (laughs) Was there a pivotal moment that shifted that lackadaisical, lazy racket from the teacher in the background to you seeing your potential as connecting humans, generating friendship, love, adventure, all the things you do, who you are now?
0: Um, I don't know if there was one pivotal moment for me. Um, There was a pivotal point in my life. um, In 1999 to 2000, that New Year's, I went to the Fish New Year's. And I went with someone not approved by the parents. He was much older than me. Um, I was 19 and he was like 31, so it's no surprise my parents did not approve that one. <laughs> but you know, I really liked him and he had he was like a hippie and he the people dead. And we went down to Fish and New Year's, but the moment had already been ruined because, you know. My parents had called them and being like, what the fuck are you doing with our daughter? Which I do understand now. Back then I was so upset. But I went to that New Year's and I was really like literally alone, 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 alone. And he had done his thing and I was doing my thing. And this was uh, New Year's Eve and fish played two sets. And this was in between the two sets. And, I had taken a journey that night, and I remember laying on the ground next to these people, and they were talking to me, and I had that belief system that they were only talking to me to make me feel better, like they didn't really want to talk to me, and I was laying on the ground, and then the whole world was like imploding down on me deeper and deeper into blackness, and I, I, it was terrible. I decided there was no point for me left on this planet and I got up and I was walking through this huge celebration. Like everybody was celebrating because it was 99, 2000 years. And I took off walking. It was in that Everglades. <laughs> and I'm like walking and walking and walking and walking, and walking, and walking until I actually was no longer anywhere near the people. And to the front of me was this like infinite darkness and probably I would have died because I would have walked into the Everglades and behind me was light and celebration. And I stood there and I debated which way I should turn and thank the universe and thank myself for making a good decision because I turned around and I walked back into that light. And (laughs) And from that moment on, my life really has changed. Um, some of you don't know, but my birth name, I actually come with three birth names. One is my English name, Terry, which my parents and some people call me still, which is totally fine and totally funny when I'm with people. And so my parents are like, blah, blah, Terry, this, 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 and this. And people are like, why why are these people keep talking about Terry? It's me. <laughs> Um, My second name is an African name, uh, Numvula, which means child of the rain. It's a Zulu name. Uh, I was born on a rainy Wednesday, hence my name Numvula. And my third name is my Hebrew name, which means Tova, which is Tova, which means goodness. And um, when I left that New Year's Eve experience, I journaled and I actually found the journal. I've got to read through it. And I wrote from the Everglades outside of Miami, from a huge traffic jam all the way to Atlanta. And it was at that point I decided to stop blaming my parents, to stop blaming everybody else. The only person who could make my life was me. And I chose to start going by my Hebrew name, Tova, goodness, to constantly remind me of the good in myself and the world around me. Uh,
1: thank you for that
0: this is so intense oh my gosh no wonder people break down into tears on this thing
1: (laughs) it is well 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 done though thank you for sharing that moment